Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's podcast. Today, my guest is Paige Harley, and she has an inspiring God story to share with us about God's provision and seeing him at work in her life through an incredible journey of running seven marathons on seven continents. Wow, Paige, hi, welcome to the podcast. That's incredible. It is incredible. When you said it, I was like, oh gosh, it is. It is amazing. Even to me, or maybe even more so to me, because I know me and I'm like, I don't even know how this happened except for through God. Yes. Well, I'm excited to hear about this story and and this journey that you went on. So let's just dive in. Let's hear who you are and where that story starts with your with your marathons. Okay, so this started back in 2008. So just to give you guys a little bit of background and to kind of bring you up, at that time, I had been married. I had three kids, a two, four, and a six-year-old, and I was in the middle of a divorce. And I, like everybody, was like, there's no way I'm going to get a divorce. And so I was in a really dark place, just like, oh, how could this be happening? And it was, it was just rough. And I found myself in South Carolina, which is a whole nother story into itself. But we had lived in New York and God had planted me and my kiddos in South Carolina. We knew no one. And there I am. And God just blessed me, opened up doors, connected me with the church. I had the blessing of my soon-to-be ex. I mean, it was, you know, we weren't running from him or anything like that. God was just opening up doors and providing a season for me of rest and, and refuge. And it was interesting. And in that time, I started a girl's ministry. And we were doing dream boards. So I had seen this thing probably on Oprah. I mean, I have no idea where I saw it or where I came up with it. Yeah, it's kind of common with some like life coaching. Yeah. You know, and this, yeah, Yeah. and maybe way back then, but I don't, I I don't know how it came across my path, but it did. Yeah. And so there you go. So (laughs) then we're just doing, and if you don't know what dream boards are, basically you just get a piece of poster board and you cut out magazines with images, words, things that inspire you. And so we started doing this and and I had this sweet little 20-something-year-old pageant girl from the South as like my assistant in this ministry. And she says, you know, I think one of the things I'm going to put on here is run a marathon. And she said, but I don't want to run it alone. I really want somebody to do it with me. And I promise you, before I even knew what was coming out of my mouth, I had somehow agreed to run this marathon with her. And now... so compassionate, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was trying, like, I. it was one of those moments where you're like, go back in my mouth, go back in my mouth, please. Now, what did I just do? No, I don't want to do this. And But I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I had run a marathon before. So we're going to back up a little bit. Gosh, I don't even know how many years before, probably three or four years before I had run a marathon. It was one of those one and dones. My ex-husband had a brother who passed away from cancer, and I wanted to commemorate the anniversary 
anniversary of his passing. I ran a marathon, raised money, and it was a one and done. Never, I wasn't really a runner. I mean, this is not a thing for me. So yeah, and I think it's even worse when you actually go through it and you know how painful it actually <laughs> right. is. And then it's like, I mean, I just ran a 10K. It's like a little over six miles. And oh my gosh, I that was one and done. I'll never do it again because I thought I was just going to throw up at the last mile. <laughs> and it was at the Del Mar horse track in oh, San Diego. Fun. And the last, yeah, fun, hills everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay. And did not look, yeah, did not look at the map and the last mile was in the the track, like the dirt where the horses run. So your last leg, the last mile, oh my gosh, I I literally thought I was going to die. I'm like, and and I was a work, I'm a workout person. I was just like, I'll never do this again. I felt so sick. So go ahead. (laughs) Gosh, well, you're, yeah, yeah, you're a girl after my own heart because that's usually what I do. And I'll tell you how that fits with with one of my races. And so in doing that, so I agreed to run this marathon with her and I'm thinking, okay, well, I can, I can do this. And, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And, and so I started flipping through some runners magazines. And when I was doing that, I came across something, an article, I guess, about running a marathon on every continent. And in fact, learned because everyone always asks, is there really one on Antarctica? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. It was there in this article. And I thought, well, huh. And for whatever reason, I felt compelled to put this on my dream board that run a marathon on every continent. And Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. And I don't know if that was God. I didn't know if it was me. It was one of those moments. You know how you're really not sure? Like I'm like, I, am I am I just delirious? I'm not sure. And yeah, so you got all inspired with the with the sister, yeah. the younger one. Yeah. And then you wanted to take a little further and go, okay, <laughs> I think that's it. Like I am that. That's my personality. I'm like, you know, if one is good, 10 is is way better. Like yeah. I can't just simply just say that. So I was like, okay. So when I was praying this morning before we were going to have our conversation today, I sought the Lord and he said, it's your Ephesians 3.20 story page. And we all know Ephesians 3.20, or most of us do. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Mm-hmm. But I like to look things up in the message version because I'm a real simple girl. I'm like, keep it simple. And so mm-hmm. I looked it up in the message version. And this is what it says. God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. <laughs> and I thought, oh yeah, amen. Yeah. And that was it. I it's didn't my language. Yeah. I did not want this. This was not even this was not something that I was really requesting. I didn't know, but there was just I'm curious by nature. And there was something, it was like the Holy Spirit was wooing me into this. It was like, mm-hmm. what if? What yeah. what if? Mm-hmm. So there we go. And we run and she chose Nashville. Now we were living in Greenville, South Carolina. Neither of us had been to Nashville. Yes, there's this whole story there another time, another place for how I ended up in Nashville because it was part of the, the journey. But so we ran, we came, did Nashville and the dream is still there. And so I'm thinking now, now Paige is getting into it, right? So now Paige is starting to, to plan. Like this is not God's thing. And this is not even a Paige and God thing. This is becoming a Paige thing. Mm-hmm. And 
I tend to do that. God says something to me and then I'm like, thank you very much. And I just totally block them out. And I'm sure other people can relate to that. So I start making a plan. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run one marathon a year for the next seven years. That makes sense, right? Like, you know, these are expensive. And by the way, when I looked at these and I, I saw this article and I Googled the Antarctica one, that was part of it that I, I think I was too scared to even let it be a God thing because it was so expensive and so far outside of my scope because the Antarctica marathon is probably at least $10,000. And I thought, when am I ever going to have a check? Just write out a check for $10,000 to go run a marathon. I mean, it seemed ludicrous. I got to interrupt just briefly. So I love when you said that you're telling God, okay, yes, I'm running this marathon with this assistant in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And then the dream was Mm -hmm. still there. So you're still saying yes, but then you left God Mm -hmm. out of the equation after that, like strategically, you Mm -hmm. weren't saying, okay, Lord, lead me to the next marathon. You were just kind of going off on your own. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, because yeah. I figured he had already said it, right? So he he said, yeah, yeah, he said to do this. So therefore, aren't I in in line with him? And that was eleven years ago. That's yeah, yes. that's not a continual prayer. I love that because that speaks to a lot of people because we think, okay, we're saying yes. Well, obviously, this is the way God's showing me, but maybe not, you know, we're not in prayer. We're not asking him, Lord, is this the strategy? Is this what you want me to continually to do? Am I supposed to go this way or that way with what you have called me to? It's kind of like you think one and done, and then you kind of make your own plans after that. So I can relate to that. And I think a lot of people can. Yeah, it's been my downfall for sure, not just here, but he showed me here. Yeah. So I went on to, you know, plan them myself and put them in an order. It made sense based on finances, like, of course, putting off the more expensive ones for later kind of a thing, like just, you know, thinking, aren't I so wise? And of course, I still use the jargon, like, oh, I, like, as if, my wisdom is God-given, so therefore I'm with God, but still not getting it. So right. 2008, continent number one of this, because I had run San Diego before, but we're not going to count that. It wasn't part of my, my grouping. So I ran <laughs> Nashville, and then 2009 went on to run the original marathon in Greece. It was pretty easy. There was a couple of little things about it that were a little bit challenging, but is far as races go, it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Then we start getting a little interesting. So then 2010, China. Wow. And God provides for it financially. It wasn't an inexpensive race because you have to do it all through a particular group because of all the bureaucracy and getting into China and stuff. And there were some issues. I was trying to do some missionary work. I was working for CBN at the time. And so they had some they had some issues with that because they thought, you know, what are you doing? Are you really just coming to run this race? Right. And managed <laughs> to get there. Motivation there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I get there and it was called an adventure marathon. <laughs> Silly me. I thought the adventure was, we're going to China to run a marathon. Yeah. That sounds like a, an adventure. Well, 
they even said, so you have to, you get bussed out to this location. I can't remember. It was several hours outside of Beijing. And then you have to walk the part of the wall that the uh, race is on because the whole thing isn't on the wall. Only six miles of it, three miles one direction, then three miles on the way back. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it's in this little remote village in in China. But it's very precarious and very dangerous. And you have to walk it and then sign a waiver, basically, that if you die, you will not sue them. Well, I didn't understand all of of this. I just thought they wanted you to see the course for whatever reason. And because I knew it was going to be steep and slippery, like the steps and whatever. Well, I got to it and I had no idea. If anyone is interested while they're listening, they can Google the Great Wall Marathon and the (laughs) pictures don't even do it justice. You would get to areas and you would look down and you would think there are no steps here because it was almost like a ladder. It was so steep. It was intense. And then, of course, their feet are so tiny that they were only, I don't know, three, four inches wide. I mean, it was awful. And I'm terribly afraid of heights. So I had three literal breakdowns on the wall crying. I mean, full on sobbing, saying, I can't do this. And I thought, God, you've brought me all the way here. I can't disappoint you. I don't know what to do. I need you. And then I make it through. I'm not still sure what I'm going to do. I have all sorts of doubts going through my head. There is no way I I can Mm -hmm. do this marathon, I'm thinking. So we get back to Beijing and we all have dinner together. And they grouped us in with people. I don't know how or why. But one of the people in my group was an Olympic athlete for New Zealand, a female on the Olympic triathlon team for New Zealand, And so we're all making, you know, small talk and saying, what'd you guys think of the course? And me being me, I just said, oh my gosh, it was horrible. And I broke down three times. And she took one look at me straight in my eyes as if I was the biggest idiot on the planet and said, did you not read about this race before you (laughs) signed up? And I was like, uh... That would be no. (laughs) Like, I guess not. Like, I'm a big picture girl and I'm not into the details. And that was when you were saying about your race, your 10K that you did. I could relate. It's like. Yeah, I didn't prepare. uh, I didn't look at what we were running. Like, what what was the What did it look like? I just. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to do it. I'm in good shape. I I can handle it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right. And so I was like. Oh my gosh. And that was the first realization of, okay, wait a second, what is going on here? And it became very obvious to me that this was some sort of a training God was putting me through. Like I was really, I wasn't going to be able to do this myself. I was going to have to lean into him. Like he quickly showed me there was no way I was going to be able to do this without him. So of course we wake up the day of the race and I'm petrified over the height and all of this and it's raining. So if you can add to these tiny slippery rocks, this dew wetness, because it wasn't pouring, it was just misty and yucky. So the, the rocks are slick. And there are some areas, I promise you, that it's as wide as a person 
and there's no wall on one side. There was only wall on one side. And the drop-off was several stories. Oh, my God. When I've gone back to look at, I don't know if they're in a different section of the wall now, I can see that they added some guardrail Either it's a different section of the wall or they added it where we were. I can only imagine. I never asked if somebody had actually fallen off, but no, you don't want to know. It was, I don't want to know. It doesn't matter. Oh gosh, it was awful. But I completed it, I finished Mm. it, and it was a blessing. But then from there, all sorts of things really started falling out. And like it became obvious some of some of the ways that I wasn't really pursuing God or pressing in, like we've just revealed. Like I wasn't asking him his timing and his way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So there was a gap. And then so between 2010 and 2015, before I ran my next one. So I've got three continents down. I got North America, I've got Europe, I've got Asia. And then next up, I did Morocco. So I went to Africa, ran that. Now we're back on track. So there was a season where God separated me, taught me some more, trained me up to prepare me for what was going to come. Because now I feel like things were going to start moving a little bit faster. Went to Morocco. Mm -hmm. It was a nice flat course. It was easy to get to. I mean, it was like check, 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 the easiest race Mm -hmm. I've probably done on every level. Mm-hmm. I went to attempt Machu Picchu. So China is one of the top five toughest marathons in the world. Machu Picchu is also in the top five, mostly due to the elevation. I went there. You have to go to base camp the night before because of the timing through the, it's actually like a national park, the timing of when they open the gates and close the dates and nightfall and all of that. Mm-hmm. You have to be there. So We camped out. I got food poisoning along with seven other people and was not even able to run, which was such a disappointment. And again, an amazing lesson. All of my races in and of themselves could be a podcast because they were just so rich with so many lessons. So that didn't happen. I'm feeling kind of disappointed. So now basically between 2010 and 2017, I have run one marathon and I'm starting to feel like, all right, maybe this was all me. Maybe this wasn't God. Maybe I tried to make it happen. I don't know about this. And of course, these are very expensive. I was also freaking out over the fact like I just spent all this money to come do this race. It didn't happen. Again, finances are a big concern for me. I'm a single mom. You have no right. no idea, right? Like this is a big deal. So yeah. then- And did you have people watching your kids while you were gone and during training and all that? Because I know with marathons, people have to take hours, you know, to mm-hmm. train to prepare. So was that pretty easy for you to have that taken care of? I th- most of it was like I would do it so that they were with their dad when I would go with the, to the races sure. and then training yeah. wasn't super hard. I would just time it around their schedule. So okay. believe it or not, it wasn't super challenging. I would say yeah. the biggest thing was the finances of it. Right. And the biggest lesson for me was really to trust in God's timing, in God's way, in God's order and stop trying to, I mean, I just realized it became so evident that I was such a control freak. So then the loss of that happened and I was like, okay, I went back to the drawing board and said, okay, God, 
I give up. Like, you show me. Is this your thing? If it's not, I'm putting it down. If it is, let's go. Tell me what to do. It's your plan, your way. I'm all in. And he really started revealing to me. Like, I really started challenging myself and going, if you are who you say you are, Paige, then prove it. Like, if you believe what you say you believe, prove it. Like, I really wanted to challenge myself in every level. Like, who do you think God is? And is there evidence to support that? And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay. So then when I would get scared or think, I don't know, it's like, okay, well, what did he say? And I'm going to stand on that. And whether anybody agrees with me or didn't agree with me or what people would say, it was like, I'm, I'm following after him wholeheartedly, no, no reservations. And so from that point on, there was a massive turn. So my kids are now getting older, right? So I guess my oldest was graduating high school off to college. My middle was finishing up high school. So now we're starting to get some momentum and things are starting to change. And I feel God say, to like sell my house and to do some things. And so I start just at being obedient. And in that, I end up with this new job. And so now the story is going to get rich and interesting because Paige is finally on board with God. Like She finally realized <laughs> this was his story and he's invited me into it, not my story. And I'm inviting him, yeah. right? Now and so- yeah. <laughs> yeah. His story is way better. Yeah. <clears throat> and so he's like, sell your house. So I, I put my house on the market, sell my house, get, get this new job. I'm working for this organization. When I started with them, I asked them from the beginning, I had a trip planned for my daughter's high school graduation that was going to be during Christmas break. And I was going to be gone for two weeks to India to visit our sponsored child that we'd sponsored for 18 years. Huge dream come true. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, but it was this big trip. And so all like life is going on. I'm, I'm really feeling good obeying God. And then right before Christmas of 2017, I've just sold my house and closed on it December 1st. I get a phone call. Now you have to understand the Antarctica marathon it's a wait list. I know this sounds crazy, but it's a three to four year wait list. So you you wow. pay a deposit and you put your name on, on a wait list to get on. So I was confirmed for 2019, but they called me right before Christmas in 2000, well, 2017, I guess. And they asked me, do you want a spot on our our March 2018? It's just once a year marathon. And now- you have to understand, I just sold my house. I had some money yeah. in the bank. I actually yeah. was able to write out a check for $10,000 and say yes. But now here's the snafu. I just started this job and I'm yeah. like, I'm going to be gone for two weeks, end of December, beginning of January. And then now in March, I'm going to have to leave for another two weeks because it's a big trip. You're gone two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't know. So I text my boss and I say, hey, have I ever mentioned that I I want to run a marathon in every continent? And she wrote back, no. And I said, well, that would be an important piece of information to know because, and then I kind of told her the whole thing and, and it's a Christian organization and she's a Christian. And so I could tell her about this yeah. adventure God had challenged me to or dared me to. And so right. she absolutely came back with an astound, like, yes, girl, you do it. And it was like, if that wasn't confirmation. So I called back because they literally, these spots are so big or hot. 
that she said I had 24 hours to let her know. Mm. And so um, yeah. I got back to her. I said, yes, I'm in. Now, I hadn't been training, which not not great, but oh well. And right. so I got my spot, went, did, completed Antarctica 2018. And then now I only have two continents left. I need to go back to South America because I wasn't able to complete that one. And then I have Australia. So just kind of looked for timings for ones in South America. God just opened the doors. I couldn't even get registration because it was a local race. It was all in Spanish and I couldn't get it to work on my end here in America. So I went there mm-hmm. without a registration, got there. Everyone only spoke Spanish and I don't speak any. And yeah. I happened to find somebody who spoke English, got me registered, got my number. I mean, it was, God's hand was all over it. Like it was crazy. I flew in. I was there for two days. Like I think I was even only there one overnight, ran the race, came back home and done. And then we started on this Australia piece, and it was this last one, and it was this race that I really felt like the Lord had put on my heart. And I asked my kids if they wanted to go, because my plan had been having them all present for me to finish this massive thing. Mm -hmm. I call it my God dare. And so- You want them at the end of the finish line. Yeah. I had this vision. It would just be so cool. But- but my son is my middle child and he hates travel and he's like, no way. But my girls are all in. So it was going to be three of us, which means it was going to be really expensive. And I kept thinking, okay, God's going to do something. Something's going to open up. Something's going to open up. And the time's getting closer and closer. I'm like feeling the beads of sweat coming on me. I'm like, okay, God, where, like, yeah. where's the provision for this? Yeah. Uh, help, help, you know? And it's not happening. And then my oldest daughter, she just stays up in Virginia where she goes to college over the summer and works. And so she's saying, Mom, I need to know if I need to take off work. What do I do? And I was like, okay, I don't I don't know. I'm just going to have to say, go ahead and put in your time for vacation. And if worse comes to worse, I guess you'll just come home and have a staycation. I'm like, I don't yeah. feel like God has said no yet. And I felt like that was the race. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was just standing on it for just no other thing than I felt like that was the one. And until God told me something differently, I was going to stand on that race. And then through a crazy mm-hmm. series of events, which I'll get into a little bit, I sent an email to my ex. So I thought to my ex, we have an email account that we only correspond with each other on. And we have been doing this for over a decade. To my knowledge, I've never sent anyone an email accidentally from this account. And so I sent an an email and it pops back to me and some random man goes, oh, I think you sent this to the wrong person. I thought, isn't that odd? And he wrote something in it like, oh, I'll pray for you or something like that. And I thought, well, heck, I'm in the South. Everybody says that. I didn't take it super to heart. And so then I wrote him back and just apologized and thanked him for letting me know because if he wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known it went to the wrong person if he just ignored it. And I appreciated that. So then he responded to me again. And in the meantime, I had forwarded on to my ex and it was a request for him to pay some things that he was supposed to pay. Mm-hmm. And so next time I get this response from this stranger, I'm 
a little more intrigued. And I'm like, who is this person? Because now he's mm-hmm. starting to get a little deeper with print, like how, however he's wording it, it intrigued me. And it sounded like some substance mm-hmm. there. So I Google who he is and he is head of the Nashville House of Prayer. And I thought, well, oh. heck, how, how did I get, how is he even in my contacts? I mean, we probably have a mutual friend that we are on some group email together with. I don't know, but I don't know him personally. I have no idea how it happened. And I then I go, well, heck, I'm taking advantage of this. This is not an accident. And I don't know why he's now become in the middle of this, but I'm just, I'm going to ask for prayer. So I tell him, you know, I need prayer. I kid you not, in the history of my co-parenting with my ex, he has never just easily just said, hey, let me just write you a check for this and let me do mm-hmm. it quickly and let me do... All of a sudden... He was like, I think I owe you some money and wrote me a check. My ex says this. Like, what? What? I mean, this is like a burning bush moment for me. I was like, what? I mean, it was so crazy. An accessory prayer right there, right? Oh, my gosh. So meantime, meanwhile, this whole time I had been watching the airfares because we all know that you want to give as much notice as possible. Let me give you the timeline on this. We are now less than a week before the race. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's in Australia, which means like, oh my gosh, like I'm not even going to have enough time to acclimate to the time change. Like I wasn't sure. I thought the fares are going to be through the roof. They never changed. It was the wildest Mm -hmm. things. They weren't terrible. So I went online, bought it. And then the amount that he owed me was exactly enough to pay for our airfare. Like exactly. And, but then there was all the other expenses, right? The rental car and the hotel and just whatever Mm -hmm. travel expenses. And my friend just said, I feel like I'm supposed to pay for your airfare And then you can use that money for all those other incidental expenses. And so there it was. It was like done. And I mean, it was the- Wow, your friend did Yeah, Your friend- Yeah, my friend friend was like, I really feel like I'm supposed to pay for your airfare. And then you use that money because how are you going to pay for all the other stuff? And I was like, I have no idea. And they're like, well, there you go. You're done. And so it was done. I mean- I love how God uses people to provide. Yeah. Yeah. 10 days before the race, it was like crickets chirping. There was no way I could see how this was even going to happen. And then here it just, it appears and we're gone and there we go. And then one kind of final piece of this story. So I'm thinking, yay, God, and you're so amazing. And it felt like such a culmination of all the experiences that I had learned up till that point about really trusting him and standing on his word, even when it seems like when you come up to that Red Sea and you're like, okay, now I have no idea what we're going to do. And then it parts. It was like, you just stand on what you know he told you. So we're on the airplane And a woman had reached out to me via Facebook and some mutual friends, and she had written a book, and she'd asked me a month or two before to to read it and if she could send me a copy and the whole bit. And so 
I of course said yes, and I just hadn't gotten around to reading it. And I was like, well, I am bringing it on this airplane ride, and I will have time, and I am going to read this. And I'm sitting there. Yeah, I was like, yay, finally. And so I'm reading this book, and in her foreword, which has nothing to do with anything. This is not what her book's about, but in a foreword, you can just kind of say whatever you want to say. And she starts talking about this dream that she had, which is my dream about a center for wholeness and whatever. And it has nothing to do with her book. And I realized how and why we got connected. It was such a God thing. And so I start communicating with her because you can on airplanes now, like text people and stuff. So I start texting her and saying, oh my gosh, I know why we God connected us. Like we have the same dream. And I was so excited. I'm like, when I get back, I want to talk to you. I said, I'm on my way right now to Australia to run the marathon. And she just asked the normal question, well, when's your marathon? And I went to answer, which was Sunday, because at this point I've told you, we are now just days away from the marathon. So I was just going to answer Sunday. And the Holy Spirit said, look when the race is, like, look at the date. And so I opened up my calendar and I looked and the race was July 7th. I finished my seventh continent on 7-7. I just got chills even as I've said that yeah. to you, and I've said it a million times. It's a, God, it's, it's a God moment. It's a God thing right there. I love it. It's so sweet. Yeah. And if I would have known that before, which I didn't, mm-hmm. I would have tried to manipulate this to make it happen, right? Like I have to run my seventh continent on seven, seven. This is crazy. Like, you know, it just, it has to happen. He shielded me from that. Those that don't know seven, it's completion. It's God's number. Yeah. Bible. Yeah. Yeah. It signifies the number of completion in, in biblical terms. And so you're just like, only he could do that. So There you go. That's my story. And it's definitely an Ephesians 3.20 story. He did far more than I could have ever even thought to ask for. And and now I'm just ready for the next thing. I think it was a training ground for the next thing. It drew me closer. It taught me how to really trust in him that he will provide in every way and for my physical needs, for the financial needs, for whatever I need, he provided yeah. Now I'm ready for the what's next. I love it. Part I two. Mean, yeah. Everything we go through is preparation for the next thing. And I think that's something we forget often. Why am I going through this? Like we just think it's for the now or for the time being, but it's attached to something else in the future mm-hmm. that God is connecting. And I love the next connection. Do you want to explain a little bit of what God has put on your heart? Oh, the center. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big, big dream. Like this one makes the other thing look so easy. So it's a center where people can come and get whole because I found that I didn't really know how to walk out my faith in all areas. So it's not just spiritual, but it's intellectual and physical and relational and financial and taking all those pieces. And so there'll be actually a medical practice. There'll be some counseling. We'll do a lot of group counseling. There's going to be fitness classes and cooking and nutrition and like community. And we've already started it just in my house right now, as far as like weekly dinners where people come and we engage in real 
real community and real conversations Mm -hmm. where people can just come as they are. And I don't just mean physically, but I mean with whatever questions they have, right? And there's no judgment and not just about spiritual questions, but about anything. Like let's talk about the bigger topics. Mm -hmm. And so like last week we talked about loneliness and the epidemic and how that's driving some of the suicide rates are up and all of that. And so we talk Mm -hmm. about some cool things. So I don't know what God's doing with it. I'm just learning to say yes and let go of my control and or my illusion of control. And I'm just grateful to be a participant. Like I'm just grateful to be available to be in the story that he's really writing. And yeah, I'm my friend talks about choosing to be chosen. Like I, I'm choosing to let him choose me. If he thinks that I'm equipped to do a certain task, then Amen. I may yeah. may or may not agree. It doesn't really matter. I just say, send me. And I'm just grateful. Yes. And that's every area. I mean, we can relate. Maybe some people are going, oh, marathons. I came and, you know, I don't like running. I'm like, but we can all relate with having to say yes and the obedience mm-hmm. and what God does with that, right? And how he rewards us and he shows us the way. And in return, we live full, you know, with this abundant life and just fills us up with all that he is when we say yes to him. And it's a hard thing, but at the same time, it's a satisfying thing. And I just love how he has orchestrated that whole marathon on the seven marathons, seven continents on July 7th. That was so cool. I love it. So he's, he's just a fun God. It shows you his humor and his just he have humor. He's, he, he's <laughs> yeah. fun. He's fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for letting me share that with you and your audience. Oh, gosh. It was an honor. Thank you for sharing your story. It's very inspiring and encouraging to just keep saying yes and after the yes, not try to control it. So I love that piece of it, too, to remember. Yes, for sure. I still have to keep reminding myself. I mean, that's that's a hard one. Well, yeah. It's surrender, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Paige. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at jamieelizabethshespeakslife. That's J-A-Y-M-E, Elizabeth, She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.